The NBA season is heating up and Kevin O'Connor and Chris Vernon have got you covered on The Mismatch. They discuss all the news, the trends, and transactions happening around the league. They also offer their on-court analysis and occasionally get into heated debates. Check out The Mismatch on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. It's the Ringer NBA show presented by FanDuel. The road to the NBA Finals starts now and FanDuel is the best place to get in on the action. Right now you can check out the new and improved Quick Bets which are back and better than ever for the NBA playoffs on FanDuel. Find out what you're looking for faster and easier with more props right at your fingertips. You can check out live bets like three-minute markets and exclusive live bets like quarter player props, player assist combos, and more. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available. And listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 years and older, 18 and older in D.C., and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. This episode is brought to you by Hyundai. Whether it's taking all your little ones to their sporting events or everybody getting together and taking a ride to the beach, the all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped for any adventure. With features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Or... Standard third row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Hello and welcome to the Ringer NBA show. It's The Answer. I'm Chris Ryan and I am joined by my new co-host, Sirit Sohi. Sirit, what's up? I'm good. I'm good. How's it going? Good. Sirit's uh, the latest person to join the Ringer. The latest Ringer. I don't even know what to call to call new uh, new employees at the Ringer, but um, Sarah, thank you so much for for coming on the show. I really wanted to do the answer with you because I don't know. I think um, you have such thoughtful answers to like big NBA questions, and that's that's what we're we're trying to do here. Um, how have you been enjoying the playing games? Because that's what I wanted to talk about today, and whether or not this has been a successful product for the NBA. Because ultimately, I feel like it was a consumer a consumer decision to make this this tournament, this play-in tournament. It kind of helped sort of alleviate some of the late-season malaise and some of the tanking and some of the crap we're stuck in the middle. Let's mm-hmm. just, like, kind of walk walk through these games at the end of the season. But ultimately, I think it was, like, a product. Um, and I wanted to know what you thought of it on a consumer reports level. Yeah, I love that you called it a consumer spo- uh, report. That kind of that gets to the heart of exactly what's going on right now. Uh, it worked. It obviously worked in every possible way. The stars aligned for that LeBron versus Steph performance, which isn't going to happen every year, but I think you prevented some really ugly tanking, and that is probably really important too. And you also, that little race that you started doing towards the end of the year about, hey, is there, like, who's going to, what's the seating going to be like? That started a little bit early too, uh, which also took out some of, you know, just that late season, I don't really care what's happening until April thing. Now I'm excited for the playoffs because these games kind of had a playoff vibe that reminded me like, oh, yeah, when when NBA players care about things, it's really good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that ultimately, like I, I noticed in March or something that the MVP conversation was like starting to overtake who was winning and losing games almost. Mm-hmm. And that the, and then pretty soon after that, like all NBA discussion and awards discussions started to become like the main fodder for for pods and, mm-hmm. and just for conversation in general. And I do think that the play-in games wound up making that six through that seven, eight, nine, ten seating was then became like, 
oh, this is if this is fascinating. Can Zion get in? Are the Kings eliminated? Mm-hmm. Like, should the like look at the Bulls went all in with Vooch to get that play in? And that like all those storylines came spinning out of that decision. Mm-hmm. So let me ask you this though. So we've seen five of the six games, uh, Warriors Grizz are tonight. So we're recording this on Friday morning. What's your review of these games? Give me out of five stars. What's your review of the play-in tournament with and without Lakers Warriors? Oh, okay. Um, oh gosh, that's tough. So you're like you're you're asking me to review a restaurant on Yelp, but it's like, but just imagine you didn't eat the steak. Yes. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And it's a steakhouse. So exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, Liz, I love the mushroom Neptune at Keg, so that will still be fine. Um <laughs> I think so. We talked about this a little bit before, but I thought Grizzly Spurs was a perfect game. Um, and I thought it was sort of the perfect template for what a play in game should be. I don't need seven games of that. Sometimes you do get seven games of that and it's fine. Like it, it can create some pretty intense rivalries, but ultimately, like a, a team that both those teams like don't score a lot. They're not great shooting teams. And there was a lot of grit. You know, we saw we saw a throwback and like these yeah. Grizzlies have been a bit of a throwback. Right. And that was perfect. Like it was like one of those games that went down to the wire. Um, didn't see a lot of pretty stuff, but like you got really you got really into the ugly stuff. I think sometimes like when you get into game five of a series like that, it can be like, hey, all right. Can I like I just want to watch some like like some skill basketball. Right. But that was that to me was a perfect game. Um, the other ones, kind of strange. Kind of yeah. strange. Don't you like? Don't you think? I kind of I expected that level of intensity in every game, and that's not exactly what we got. This was like a little bit of the the first monkey shot up into space for these things, where it's just like you don't really know how these guys are going to react to like mm-hmm. all of a sudden having knockout basketball after a seventy two game season of a tr- short turnaround. So it's like you know maybe maybe they're maybe they're immediately going to react go back to like their instincts of like oh cool like this is like when we played March Madness or like this is like in high school when we had like tournaments and they that wasn't really the case for the the Pacers Hornets game. I felt like the Hornets like like missed an email or something like that and like just were like yeah this is just a super normal late season game right guys Mm -hmm. and they were just getting backdoor cut to death on in a way that it was like a lot of people have said like the hornets are so young the hornets are so young but like they obviously just weren't prepared for any kind of intensity and i i think that they were probably more talented than the pacers i thought they were gonna win that game um yeah they were it was it was shocking how unprepared they seemed for the moment um I was watching I was watching that game thinking, okay, I'll watch the first little bit of the third quarter and if it looks like there's a comeback in the works, like I'll start like I'll I'm, I'm back in on this. Yeah. Um they come out and immediately I there was just there was a back cut that I think I think Sabonis made a pass to to I can't remember who exactly it was to be honest, but there was a back cut on the first possession of the third quarter. I mean, the fact that you don't know Hornets. which Pacers was like... Yeah, like, but I, they were all just scoring so much, right? Like, I, just don't, I don't really remember. Yeah, yeah exactly, yeah. exactly. Sabonis so passed to somebody, right? And it was it was like the first defensive possession for the Hornets. I was like, okay. Like, these yeah. guys didn't come to yeah. play at all. Like, you just got I think out there of- was there was like a lot of like, maybe Borrego will give them the Rocky, like a, a Rocky speech and yeah. like they'll come out and it just didn't really happen. That's the thing is like, I feel like some teams were ready for it and some teams weren't. Um... You know, my the I want to talk a little bit about Lakers Warriors as like a, a spectacle more than necessarily like what we learned from it basketball wise. Mm-hmm. 
But I did think it was good and interesting ultimately for the league. And let's just assume that the Grizzlies, uh, the Warriors beat the Grizzlies tonight. Do you think it's better that seven and eight seeds eventually progressed? That we did not have a Cinderella 10 seed, um, yeah, you know, Cinderella 10 seed go through and become the the uh, the eight seed necessarily. Uh, in this in this particular scenario, yes. Um, but I do I do like that the plane gives an opportunity for some of these teams that maybe had injuries. Um, I one of the things you've been hearing a lot about is like, well, it's not always going to be like this, right? Um, because you're just never going to get Warriors Lakers again. Mm-hmm. Now, potentially, yeah, getting like you know, getting the two most engaging superstars to you know have to play this <laughs> this one game battle to the death is is a pretty sweet deal for the NBA. I'm I'm happy for them. Uh, that's that particular moment is not going to happen. But if you look back at previous seasons, I think that there might be some decisions that go a different way. Uh, the one that sticks out to me is like last year. Maybe Kevin Durant comes back. If they know that they just need to sneak into the 10 seed and win two games, like a healthy Brooklyn Nets team can do that. I'm not saying they would have, right? But I think as a team, you start thinking in those terms a little bit more as well. Uh, two years ago, the Lakers missed the playoffs because of LeBron's injury. They probably get into play in tur- uh, the play-in tournament if that happens. Mm-hmm. So if, if, it, if it existed back then. So I, I think that there are scenarios that will always be somewhat exciting because there are teams that end up in precarious situations. There are teams that really turn on in the second half of the season. You know, the, that Miami Heat team that went 11 and 30, then 30 and 11, they would have made some noise in the play-in tournament. There's a ton of teams every year that are like kind of intriguing that just didn't get the right start that they needed to get. Um, and, it, and it just keeps like the narrative alive for a little bit longer. Like the Zion narrative was alive for a little bit longer. And yeah, that's good for the league, too. And that's, you know, it's it's good for us, too, because like I honestly like I like that I could keep watching the Pelicans <laughs> without feeling like I really shouldn't be watching the Pelicans anymore. Um, and, it, and it's good. It's good to it's good to give uh, people something to like teams and people fans something that they can actually care about. Yeah. Ultimately, I think that it engages a lot more fan bases a little bit longer. You know, like Wizards fans had so much momentum going into the end of the season. It's nice to have it so that they still have something to cheer for. Yeah. And those games are for those fans. You know, I think those are the types of games where, you know, like, let's say Charlotte. I don't think everybody in Charlotte was was getting up to to watch the Hornets. They got, I mean, LaMelo, like regardless of LaMelo, maybe they were this season. Um that is an opportunity where it's like you kind of have like everybody in the city probably watching the game or like everybody who even like remotely like sports for the at first all being like, like 12 yeah, minutes well, of it at least yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> checking it out but that's that's yeah. ultimately what you want you want people to check it out and if it's going to be that bad of a game then maybe they won't stick around but I mean I imagine that the Grizz, Grizzly Spurs situation they probably did and maybe if you're in Memphis like you're probably pretty excited for tonight's game too against against the Warriors absolutely I do think you're right though it's like that we'll know that the play-in tournament has really arrived when it has its Willis Reed moment. When some guy comes back from brutal injury just to qualify for like a second elimination game to get into the bottom. Yo, of man, the Bradley Beal is basically Willis reading for like the last week. Honestly, um, let me ask you this. You know, so there has been there were a couple of like weird because it was essentially a television product still. And like, you know, there were fans in the crowd, but I still think that they were manipulating mm-hmm. it so that they had two double headers for two nights there. I did think that like that Wizards game was the Wizards Celtics game was pretty inert. And I was I was kind of wondering whether or not it might be because it was an East Coast game starting at 9 p.m. 
Uh, and that like those guys went through their usual day. I'm sure they were like able to like tweak their their rituals or whatever, but they still had shots of Westbrook out there like hyping himself up on the floor mm-hmm. at like seven o'clock when he would normally start mm-hmm. his game. And then he had to wait two hours. Then he came out and pretty much like rolled a gutter ball against the Celtics. Do you think that any of like the mild tweaks that have to like happen to these things because they want to do it as two double headers maybe affected what we saw on the court? Uh, it's it's definitely possible. I just think after a season like this, like a two hour window is just like whatever. Like you can't yeah. touch me with that anymore. Like the <laughs> stuff, <laughs> the stuff the players have dealt with this season is just. And then and you get you get used to that in the playoffs too. Anyways, I do yeah. think that I, I wonder if there was a inability to figure out exactly how jacked up you should be, because it is a new situation in that way. And I think yes. you saw that with the Hornets. Russ is, you know, maybe Russ, maybe Russ was just like a little too hyped. Cause yeah, I do, I do make it sound like Russ was drinking Mountain Dew beforehand. It was, I'm sure he has like a much more like he can tweak his performance a little bit better. <laughs> but it wasn't like he was having a sugar crash. But you're right, though. I mean, I do think that even in those elimination games, uh, or not in the elimination games, but in the seven eight games to see who would go, be seven and who would go to the uh, to the final game. I almost wonder whether the Wizards were like, it's not that big of a deal if we lose because we we get we get whoever these these kind of bummier teams below us like we can beat the Pacers or uh, the Hornets. So I, there is like that weird. You still have that safety net, which I think mm-hmm. is important. I I don't know what would happen if the league had an opportunity to get Steph into the playoffs and lost it. I guess we'll find out tonight. But let's just say mm-hmm. the Warriors lose to the Grizzlies tonight. Is that a kind of catastrophe for the league. No, no, I don't think so. Um, you got two Steph in, you got Steph in two really high leverage games. I think getting that LeBron game is is much bigger than getting him in the playoffs. Obviously, like from a raw ratings perspective, that's probably not true because you get a couple, you know, you can spread it out over the first round. Sure. But they weren't gonna get you know, I don't think the Warriors are really going to be out here getting out of the first round, right? Like, you can get a couple extra Steph games, and I'm I'm always a proponent of more of more Steph games. I think everybody who likes the NBA is, uh, but I don't think that's too big of a deal because ultimately, like, the reason you want to prop up a guy like that is so somebody can take him down. Like, if the Grizzlies win this, and you've kind of created some Grizzlies fans, and that's great. Like, that's what the league needs next, right? Like, you need to get people excited about John Morant and Jaron Jackson and whoever the next people are going to be. I was hoping that that could be the case for for Charlotte as mm. well. Although, yeah. you know, people people know about LaMelo, right? But I think I think it's fine because you still get to see him in a game. You still got the Warriors-Lakers thing. And then now it's like, okay, if they get beat, it's like Dylan Brooks did it again. You know, you get some of these like cult, yeah. you can get some of these cult hero things going maybe a little bit earlier than we usually do in the playoffs. No, it's like you, Dylan Brooks could be to this what some of those UCLA kids were during March Madness, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so like, like this has been a time of of like where I think a lot of people have been like, you know, from the bubble. I remember people being like, they're shooting the lights out in the bubble because it's smaller gyms and there's no crowds and they mm-hmm. can just concentrate on their stroke and like everybody is the the field goal percentage is off the charts. And then I would say. For better or for worse, like we saw a lot of different kinds of basketball over the course of this no fan season up until this point when they started letting people in. But I think that, um, you know, a lot of threes, like the shooting was still pretty high level. I think the game intensities, mm-hmm. especially towards the second half of the season, I just think you started seeing a lot of blowouts, a lot of teams kind of tapping out early. 
Did you notice anything, I guess tactically, but even feel-wise during the play-in tournament that felt like different kind of basketball because, because the stakes were different? Yeah, totally. Totally. That's what I really liked about Warriors-Lakers. Um, you figured out, like, I, th- I think they started doing some stuff in the first quarter to Steph that I don't think you would necessarily do until the fourth quarter if it was a regular game. Or maybe just not even do it all because who cares, honestly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like, they were taking away the passing lanes early. Like, it was kind of clear they weren't going to let Steph and Draymond do their regular thing if they wanted to, if they wanted to, you know, create leverage off of Steph, they were going to have to, like, and, and credit to them, they did a good job of this. Like, they would have to get it to cutters through, like, big arms and stuff. And obviously, Draymond's Draymond. He can he can figure that stuff out. Uh, but it started at that level, right? And it started at this level of, like, we're going to try our best not to, not to let Steph be Steph. Like, there was... And it was interesting because it didn't... I mean, it didn't really work, um, <laughs> honestly. Um, but, one, like, one of the things I loved about that game was just that... On a, on a basic level is proof of engagement that we just mm-hmm. don't really get in the regular season. And anytime you can get LeBron and Steph and Draymond and Anthony Davis all in the same room giving a crap, it's going to make good television. I don't really care what you do with them, right? Yeah, there was a, a period of time during that game where they were blitzing out. They were taking Steph out like at the half court line and he would have to do some crazy elaborate pass around two bigs, basically, mm-hmm. to get the ball to Draymond, who then had a, a four-on-three, but Draymond then would have to pick, like, Wiggins, Poole, whoever, who was going to get the shot if they weren't cutting, like, who was going to take this three-pointer. And each time, it was like American Ninja Warrior. I was like, or, oh my God, is he going to be able to get this pass over this huge guy yeah, to Draymond, actually... who then has to, like, get it to the guy on the three-point line, and I've never heard of this guy who's Mulder, you know? Like, yeah. it was, like, this incredibly, like, elaborate thing. Yeah. I, I think you're right. Like, that's a that's probably more of a we cannot lose defense yeah like we have to take something out from these guys i i thought you were right. and i think the, the on the flip side of that it was davis at the five which has been like mm-hmm. the lakers uh like always have this card and they never ever well, they, they, they play it from time to time but like they played that like they learned very fast that like drummond needed to get out of this game and that like they could not let the warriors yeah. go up 18 or anything on their home court and gets and just get smoked like that and i thought that had a lot of ripple effects though for what's going to come in the coming rounds though because you show everybody that everybody knows anthony davis at the five the lakers are more or less unbeatable um if they're healthy mm-hmm. and so how long are we gonna like pretend like like Andre should start? Andre should get rotation minutes. Especially, I mean, personally, I think Gasol's still like really useful. And like I think that they they like fit better and work better when Gasol's on the floor. What did you think of like what the Lakers did? And do you think that like seeing that Davis at the five stuff is just like you guys can't mess around against the next team? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's I wonder if we'll see it in the first round at all other than fourth quarters, because I think the way that the Lakers approach things is that they don't really want to make an adjustment until they have to. And I think, I think most championship level teams really do that, especially with the five position. And I think obviously like, you know, we've had some back, like we've had some back and forth with Davis and his feeling about the, the five position too. So maybe that plays into it a little bit as well. But I mean, it really, it really just depends on the Suns, right? Like, mm-hmm. can they push the Lakers to a point where they need to actually play their best lineups? And I think, you know, like any, 
any good coach is going to try to not reveal that for a little while. And I think it's a rare situation because that usually doesn't actually work. Um, you usually need to have like a much better sense of what you are with your best lineups than the Lakers did last year. And the fact that they just went to 80 to the five and it immediately worked like that's just that's a huge thing to have in your back pocket. I don't think I don't think we're going to see it unless, you know, Chris Paul and Devin Booker decide that yeah, it is something right. that must be seen. You know, we put put Drummond in a couple of pick and rolls and like it might be a little bit different. I have Chris like Chris Paul just snaking and, and figuring out a way to score on him every single time might convince them. But we'll see what happens in that series, I guess. I think we'll see it at some point. The we don't want to show you all of our cards thing has been has been very like it's my 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 like weighted blanket as a Sixers fan where I'm just like Ben can shoot we just didn't want to show you that card yeah. yet <laughs> yeah he's actually basically like peak Del Curry we just didn't want to show that yeah card no yet. that's really smart that's really smart because then teams just aren't gonna know what to do with it. Doc Rivers notorious for uh, really sh- changing things up during the playoffs. Oh yeah, too. no, he really likes to shake things up. I think we'll see that. <laughs> And Ben Simmons loves trying new things as well. (laughs) This episode is brought to you by Arby's. It's 3 p.m. and dinner is still hours to come. Maybe lunch didn't quite hit the spot. That's where the new two for five dollar chicken wraps from Arby's come in. Available in ranch, barbecue and honey mustard. They're perfect for the afternoon snack attack or as an add on to your meal. Arby's two for five dollar chicken wraps are here for a limited time at participating locations. Visit an Arby's near you or order ahead on the Arby's app. This episode is supported by State Farm. Man, I remember when I first got into a car accident, it was pure frustration because I did not have State Farm. And now that I do have State Farm, it is an exclamation of pure joy. But the only words that you need to remember are, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm has options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Learn more at statefarm.com. This episode is brought to you by Nissan. Level up your next four-wheeled adventure with the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder, built to navigate you to some of Earth's most awe-inspiring spots with seven drive modes and all the power you need. Get the thrill of the drive in every moment of your journey with the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder. Learn more at NissanUSA.com. We, we, so we get through this tournament. We, we got one more game. Um, I think what this is going to signal is an increasing gamification of the game, right? Like mm-hmm. a, an increasing interest in drumming up random fan interest uh maybe um traditionally like fan bases that might not have like a, a dog in the fight like by the time you get to playoffs and also like casuals and people who are just like oh i saw on tv that today they're doing this like they're they're drawing things out of a hat to see who's gonna get to like mm-hmm. play like i think that like we're just gonna keep seeing more of this you see it with the all-star game with the picking teams you see it with uh the play-in tournament do you think that this gives Silver more of an Adam Silver more of a mandate to keep experimenting with stuff? I think so. I think so because on when it comes to the on court stuff, every single time Adam Silver has like come up with something, and I've been like, I, we've I think we've all been like, this doesn't seem like a great idea. And it kind of secretly ends up being like, being a great idea. Uh, you saw it with the Elam ending too. Yeah, 
any opportunity yeah. to shout out the Elam ending only way that basketball should be played from here on out is something I will take. So yeah, that's that's my idea, actually. Take the leverage you have gained from this to then next season introduce the Elam ending to regular season <laughs> games. And, then, and I will personally be the happiest NBA fan in, in the universe. But no, I think uh I th- I think it definitely does, right? I'm just kind of curious what's what's next. And and Chris, you are you're a soccer fan. So yeah. I'm I'm curious, like, is there do you think there's gonna be anything that Silver wants to bring over? He's kind of talked about it before. So this is interesting you should bring this up because one, I feel like this is really my main contribution to NBA podcasting at this point is pointing out when it's also like soccer. Um, But um, I do think that like having different kinds of games, having games with different kinds of vibes is like really, really valuable in in soccer. Sometimes it's these two-legged knockout like in the Champions League where you play once at your spot, once at theirs, and it's like this aggregate score. I don't think the NBA is ever going to do anything like that. But you could see with the tournament, you could see the the plan, and even in a game where it wasn't loser go home versus with Warriors versus Lakers, but it was not like a Lakers Warriors regular season game. Mm-hmm. It was definitely like you guys know you're the only game in town tonight. Everybody in the country is watching this, and there is like a little bit of bragging rights going on. And you could see when. LeBron started heating up in the second half while Steph was on the bench. And then Steph started like clapping mm-hmm. when like the score, like when the Lakers went up like four or six and it was like, okay, like these guys are like taking this as seriously as anything. And they know so, when I, they're on television. Right? Yeah. 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 <laughs> right. National, <laughs> national TV Steph. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I do think that the NBA like could see, okay, we get like a different kind of atmosphere when you have a different kind of competition. In the in in European soccer right now, there's just like a crisis of of um, the amount of games guys are playing because of the same things that are de- the NBA are dealing with with mm-hmm. like compression of the schedule with the quick turnaround. And when you talk about the most obvious thing that they would bring in is a is a, a, a like a sort of in season tournament, a Commissioner's Cup, whatever you want to call it, it's the FA Cup in England, where basically it's just you know one game knockouts until you get to the semifinals. It just I, aside from the fact that nobody has come up with a really compelling um, player centric form of of incentive, like I don't like I guess like give everybody a million bucks would be like nobody would laugh at that. But a lot of these guys make a lot of money. Like maybe if you're asking them to play eight more games a year, that's going to be tough. But I do think that like just watching this NBA season and and seeing the the way that like a lot of these guys and a lot of the coaches have talked about just the amount of basketball that they've been forced to play. It's hard to find the spot where you're going to put a a in-season tournament unless you basically get rid of an all-star break. Yeah. And I don't think you can quite do that. It is interesting that like that is the position the NBA is in right now is interesting because they feel like they have to have a lot of games because they need to make up for a lot of lost revenue. And that's always been the business model for them. But at the same time, what we're finding is that, at least for the television product, the games that do really well are the games that people, well, players really care about. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I think the plane is a good way to strike that balance. But the other thing that I found this season is I just, I just liked 72 games more. 
I feel like some of these winning streaks really mattered a lot more too. Like the Hawks one is one that really sticks out to huge, me after Nate. Huge. After and if it had been 82, you, you never know if that would have made that big of a difference, right? Well, maybe they're like a seven seed or something instead. And I just, I just think that like, it's better. It's better that the Hawks got a real reward for that. And I think it's better that, you know, the honestly, like the Bulls making a trade and then like completely falling apart. <laughs> like, I mean, that's the other side of it, but it's also, you know, consequence for action too, right? Like, I don't necessarily think that like, you know, padding all these wins early in the season necessarily makes for like the best teams getting in I, I think obviously the season needs to be shortened right it wouldn't be you know that wouldn't be a revolutionary take by any means yeah. I do wonder if like having some having the play-in can then create a little bit more of an appetite in the league to then shorten the season a little bit and then if you add something else maybe you can shorten it even more and I think the benefit of that is you know, from a rest perspective, it's not like every team is going to be playing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, some of these teams will, but, you know, the Nets just got a bunch of rest. The Heat, the Bucks just got a bunch of rest, right? The Sixers just got a bunch of rest. So you can kind of balance those things out and, and ensure that, like, in most cases, when you don't have LeBron playing in it, um, that the teams that really, like, will need the rest can still get it and you can still have an entertaining product happening at the same time. Like, maybe take advantage of the fact that you have 30 NBA teams. And the problem with the league right now is really just the fact that you don't know what to pay attention to. Like, Mm -hmm. you and I can talk about how there's so much exciting basketball going on, but, like, we also happen to really like basketball. And we're going to watch it no matter what. And we're going to be talking about, like, hey, is Anthony Edwards... Like, Anthony Edwards versus LaMelo Ball in, in April. Like, that's that can sustain me, right? Yeah. Like, I don't know that it can sustain your average your average fan of sports. But if, if you can take advantage of the fact that you do have a bunch of talent on a bunch of teams and actually, like, spread out when they play and showcase some of these teams, maybe that could be your solution and like really make a national TV push as opposed to like, you know, trying to like servicing the fans and trying to guarantee that somebody in, you know, in in Denver will always have one opportunity to see Joel Embiid play is I think maybe a business model for a past era, especially since you don't don't even know if they're going to play anymore because they're like, they're, they aren't really like, they're, they're sick of that bargain. Like they might rest, right? You know, one of the cool things that happened. So there's two things that I would I would say about the the cup competitions in soccer that I think the NBA could look at. What, number one is like you know when Liverpool plays a team from like the lower leagues, and I don't think that the NBA should have like G League teams in this cup. But I mm-hmm. I do I do think like let's say Brooklyn plays Orlando in this cup competition in this mm-hmm. tournament. There's no reason that all three of KD, Kyrie, and and Durant have to play this. If they want to go out there and try and beat the Magic with their B team or their reserves and have KD, Kyrie, and Harden on the bench to start and break in case of emergency, they're welcome to roll the dice and do it. Mm-hmm. And it and like that is essentially what happens in these soccer matches is like Liverpool will go out there with essentially their like kids or with reserves, mm-hmm. but they'll have one or two superstars on the bench just in case. And if they go down a goal, like they'll bring Mo Salah in to like try and even it out. So I think that would be kind of awesome. It's like you couldn't make a rule, but I would almost be yeah. like Durant can only play this the second half. I've <laughs> always know? wondered why NBA teams don't do that in the first place, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that would I it's I think a lot of it has to do with those guys just having very, very specific rhythms to their game where yeah. they're just like, I have to play the first six minutes and then I sit and then I come back in mm-hmm. at the begin at the like two minutes into the second quarter and that's how it goes. Mm -hmm. But that would be one thing. 
and the other would just be um, neutral sites. So, oh, yes. so like, first of all, it would be really cool if you went full like field of dreams with it and just like had a, a Brooklyn Golden State game in like Iowa <laughs> or like in at like a gym in, in Indiana or something. I know you need like a certain level of court for these guys, but I do think that like if you're concerned Indiana's about got people, courts, man. Indiana's I'm got sure. Courts. If you're concerned about people being like, I saved up all year to go see Kevin Durant mm-hmm. and then he didn't play and I spent $500 on tickets like these these sort of straw men NBA fans who like buy t- tickets for their whole family to go see Dame and then Dame mm-hmm. takes a night off for rest yeah like let's start did you having ever, just sorry to pause you there but it just reminded me did you ever see that that tweet thread by the guy who went to a Pacers game and it cost him $1,200 no <laughs> what is he okay. doing <laughs> okay I'll, po- I'll find it and I'll post it on Twitter wait so what was the gist you. of it well, basically, like he was saying, um, like it was it was just one of those things where like he ate with his family like four times in that night <laughs> at like good, good restaurants, ate at the game, like paid egregious amounts for parking. Um, the replies to that were amazing. And obviously, like Twitter being Twitter, it was really somebody supportive. found the drill tweet. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, the, right, <laughs> the candles tweet, and it was exa- it was honestly exactly that. At first, I thought he was trolling because it was so similar to that, and it was right around the time of that discourse. But no, I, I guess you could you could tell me you took like your family of four to an NBA game and spent twelve thousand dollars, and I would be like, that sounds about right. Like I, 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 no, but I could figure oh, out a yeah. way for you to spend like twelve thousand. It's like get like valet parking at Staples, mm-hmm. buy the entire team jerseys, like buy, buy three square meals for four people. I think there might have been a jersey thrown in there, actually. <laughs> I think there might have been. Um, but the other thing was just like, I was going to say, if you want to start like alleviating the idea, the, the threat of these guys not showing up for certain games, like let's have like a Brooklyn versus Golden State game in Denver. Like that would be mm-hmm. kind of wild, but it would, it would just be, it would be sort of fun to have like a little bit of a traveling circus element to it. Like if you're yeah. going to, if you're going to do it, just like go full showman with it. Yeah. I mean, they do that with, you know, some of these games in cities that don't don't have NBA teams. I mean, obviously, maybe maybe not London and then trying to play like a real competitive game. But you could do Mexico City. Yeah. You could do Edmonton. You know. could do like <laughs> you could who, do who, if you want. who says no. <laughs> exactly. All right. So I guess uh, did you want to hit anything else with the with the um with the playing tournament? No, I think I any, think, any uh, stray takes. I don't think so. I think we I think we got everything. Uh, Chris, yeah, I think do you we have solved any, it. Yeah, well, well, of course. We've we've come up with the answer. That's uh, right. <laughs> do you have anything, Chris? No, uh, I just like uh, many people are saying that um, they wanted to know whether or not I was excited about Wizard Sixers. I mm-hmm. am. I do think that there will be a little bit of a a Russ and Bead thing, which is like it'll be entertaining if a little bit nerve wracking. I do not think this will be a sweep. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, I'm really excited. I'm really excited to to rekindle my my competition with Andrew Sharp um, over the, over the Wizards and the Sixers. So, I'm looking forward to the first round. What is your what's your first round um, matchup that you're most excited about? Uh, probably Heat Bucks. Heat Bucks, right? Yeah, right. Did you see that tweet that I think Habershow sent out where it was like Jimmy Butler has not played against any of the top four teams, and I think. Tom meant it as like kind of like no one knows the storm that is coming when Jimmy finally plays these guys. And like I was like, doesn't this mean that Jimmy Butler like took the year off? As he should. He said, you know, (laughs) Jimmy's Jimmy's been through a lot lately. I think. okay, I think the Heat are going to win the series. I I think the Heat are going to get nuked. Really? You think the Heat are going to win? Okay, tell me why. It's it's honestly it's like pure feel like I'm just like. 
that people are too like they're too they're running too much off of the the bias of the bubble. And I I think this is a different Bucks team. I think Drew Holiday is a much different player mm-hmm. than Eric Bledsoe. I think that uh, PJ Tucker is useful. I think Bobby Portis has been really useful. I think they've changed their defense a little bit. And I I just think that he's this Heat team is too streaky. They are streaky. They are streaky. But there's they're streaking right, and they were streaking the bubble. It's true. True. But at the same time, I think that probably applies more to some of their later series. I just don't, I can't in good conscience pick the Bucks. The Heat destroyed the Bucks last last year. And I don't think the Bucks have changed fundamentally the problems that they had in terms of why the Heat destroyed them, which is to say that Giannis still can't shoot. And like, until right. he can, that's still going to be, that's going to be a problem. And more more than that, really, like, I just, I don't, think they have a reliable closer the way that the Heat do. Like I trust I trust Jimmy Butler at the end of those games way more than I trust anybody else on the court. Uh and I also just think like the Heat are really being disrespected, man. Like they just Nobody disrespects the Heat. Just Everybody's went to just the finals. <laughs> I know I don't want to do like the whole thing, but like they just went to the finals. Everyone's like and 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 most people think they're going to be a first round out and against the team that they most convincingly beat. Is that the prevailing wisdom? I thought that everybody I think, was I mean, like, okay, yeah. oh, I don't want to make a I don't want to make a straw man of, you know, who who says what. Like you can right. find whatever, but yeah, like I just I just feel like they should be the favorite in this series, honestly. Like you have probably the best Giannis defender in the league in, in in Bam Adebayo. There are probably some other guys that you can throw out there, but he's probably the best and 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 the Heat are playing like the Heat again. Like, I think a big reason that we just haven't seen them be themselves is, like, all the COVID stuff that they went through. But, like, when you look at that team, I think, like, the biggest thing is just really, like, Goron is not who he was last year. Right. I don't know. Maybe he will be. Uh, but other than that, like, you have a young team where everyone's gotten better. Duncan Robinson is better. Tyler Hero's better. He's not going to be, like, finals Tyler Hero, but, like, he'll be something. And it'll probably be a little bit more consistent. Next week on The Answer, we'll find out who's... Well, not who's right, but we'll find out wh- wh- where things are going. Sir will be back next Friday with me and every Friday going forward on The Answer. Thanks for listening. Make sure you're subscribed to the Ringer NBA show. Follow that on Spotify. Mismatch. Also, Ryan, Bill, lots of Ringer NBA pods. On the Ringer NBA show, we got uh, Real Ones. We got Group Chat. We've got uh, The Answer. So make sure you're tuned in. This week's show was produced by Isaiah Blakely. We'll be back next Friday. Take care. 